Amen. Let's uh, let's sing tonight. I've never been sorry. Ladies, you're going to have to help us out now. Sing that chorus. Ever since Jesus came, pardon, I have been singing every day. Sing, praise the Lord. Blessed holy name through the dark shadows. He is with me, leading me the upward way. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. All the way, He's exactly the same. Every day since the Savior came. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. All the day long I sing the storm, praising Him for His love. Sing, ladies, praise the Lord, blessed holy name. Surely I know home is waiting, beautiful home in heaven above. Praise the Lord, that's good. Blessed holy name. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. All the way, He's exactly the same. Every day since the Savior came. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. Brightly the star of hope, shining, making my pathway brighter grow. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. For a thought of sad repining, Jesus is with me, this I know. Praise the Lord, blessed holy Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. All the way, He's exactly the same. Every day since the Savior came. Praise the Lord, blessed holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've never been sorry. Uh, amen. Since I trusted Jesus Christ. He's done for me more than I could ever ask or expect Him to do. Amen. Turn to 150. Let's uh, continue that theme tonight. The dearest friend I ever had. Now men, it's your turn. Let's, uh, let's reverse roles and let the men sing the chorus. Tonight. Amen. How many of you would say, Jesus is the best friend I've ever had? Hallelujah. Praise His name tonight. When I was drifting out in sin, I had no peace, no joy within, but Jesus came. 
came and made me glad. He's the dearest friend I ever had. Sing, man. He saved my soul. Oh, bless his name. I'll never forget. King, he makes me glad when I am sad. He's the dearest friend I ever had. When Jesus comes, the way is bright. Save my soul, oh bless his name, I'll never forget the day he came, he's gone when I am sad, he's a dear He's the dearest friend I'll ever have. He saved my soul. Oh, bless his name. I'll never forget the day he came. He cheers me on when I am sad. The dearest friend. Sing that chorus one more time. Let's go, men. He saved my soul. Oh, bless his name. I'll never forget the day he came. He makes me glad when I am sad. The dearest friend I ever had. Turn around, fellowship one with another. It's good to be in the Lord's house.
Praise the Lord. I spent most of the song trying to sing the high part. Amen. But uh, finally got down to that bass line. Pam was playing it in C. I normally like singing that in B flat. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. But it, I do believe Jesus is the dearest friend I've ever had. He's a friend that'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll go with us all the way. Amen. He is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Do you believe that this evening, church? Amen. Praise God. I've had some friends in life that have forsaken me. And most of the time, a friend will forsake you when you need them the most. But Jesus won't do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's promised that He'll go with us. I mean, He doesn't, uh, he doesn't just send us to certain places to do certain things, but He accompanies us and He goes with us uh, every step of our journey. Amen. Sometimes He has to carry us like the uh, footprints in the sand. Amen. There came a point in time that there was only one set of footprints, and that's when, uh, amen, uh, the Lord was carrying us. Hallelujah. How many of you know what it is for God to carry you? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Again, first uh, Wednesday night of January 2023. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to train myself to write 2023 on my checks and all of those things, but uh, we'll get used to it for too long. Um, amen. It's been it's been warmer. It's been warm. Certainly, New Year's been warmer than Christmas was, but that didn't take a lot, didn't it? Uh, amen. But uh, thank God for the warmer weather. But we have had the rain and the wind and some storms yesterday. But God's good either way. And we may have some snow before it's all said and done. Uh, I'd like to see one good snow, get it over with, and then let's uh, let's get right to winter or to summertime, spring and summer. Uh, amen. But we don't get to vote on that. The Lord's the one that uh, that's in control of the weather. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just hope we don't have any more below zero temperatures. Uh, praise God. I tell you, we can't afford to see any more pipes busting, bursting. Amen. But here in uh, redneck talk, that's uh, busting. Amen. Praise God. All right. Um, uh, we were supposed to have, or we had announced, excuse me, what we wasn't necessarily supposed to, but we announced that we would would do the United for Christ uh, youth tonight, but uh, we failed to take into account that the city schools actually haven't started, or they're not starting back till tomorrow, and uh, our policy is that we go according to their schedule. So the fact that they were out of school today and go back tomorrow, uh, amen. We decided uh, to wait till next week. Give you all, give our teachers and our workers one more week uh, of rest before we get back into the fun and the excitement. Uh, I will say this: I had some kids this evening that were texting, wanting to see if we're going to have church. So I'm thankful that we have young people that have a desire to be at God's house. Amen. I'm afraid a lot of times the young people put the older ones to shame. Uh, amen. But we all need to have a desire to be at the house of God. So uh, we'll start that back next week. And uh, otherwise, uh, as of right now, that's uh, the only announcement that I have. Um, amen. Um, uh, again, let's just continue to stress the emphasis upon missions. We've kind of um, uh, de-emphasized that the last month or so just due to some of the 
the special projects that we've been working towards, but let's get right back into seeing the Lord bless our missions ministry here at the church. And then uh, it won't be too long, we'll have some end of the year, first of the year business, so a lot of prayers will need to uh, go up for myself, Miss Elma, and others. Uh, amen. But I'm thankful that we can be a part of the Lord's business, aren't you? I'd rather be a part of His business than any business in all the world. Uh, praise God. All right, just by way of prayer request, continue to remember Matt Cutchall in prayer and uh, remember that family. Continue to remember the Gridleys in prayer. Uh, good to have Miss Grace back with us tonight. Amen. Certainly missed her and uh, thankful that she's feeling some better. Um, continue to remember LV. I haven't talked to him this week. Let's pray for him. Pray for Sam and Barbie. They just cannot win to lose. Uh, as now Sam is dealing with a kidney stone. Talked to him yesterday and he was laid back in his recliner and uh, he said as long as he's not having one of those spells, everything's fine. But then when they hit, amen, and things qu turn quickly. I've never experienced that, but uh, I don't think I have a desire to. Praise, praise the Lord. Good to have Uncle Kenny back with us tonight, isn't it? Amen. Just made my night to see him walk through the doors and all he's been through. The Lord's faithful. Uh, amen. I'll pray for Sam as he's still scheduled for surgery at the end of this month that everything will be able to work out there. Also, Miss Linda's looking, uh, I don't know if you're looking forward to surgery, but uh, you want it over with. I can't blame you. So remember her uh, in prayer. Uh, remember Becky Davis. Uh, Miss Becky needs our prayers uh, amen. Remember Bill Carter, uh, our neighbor, he is at home now recovering from pneumonia. Pray for him. Uh, remember Reconciliation Ministries. Um, uh, remember uh, Eddie Bailey and his health. Uh, a few from Sunday, we had Randy Brown. Uh, actually, that's Tyler's dad. I actually saw him Sunday afternoon. Remember Randy in prayer. Uh, Edith, Edith, Edith Elroth. Boy, I don't know why I have such a time with that, but remember her in prayer, remember um, uh, Don Patch, remember, um, my goodness, I tell you, that needs to be a New Year's resolution for me is to learn to write better, praise God. Caleb and Kyla Shaw that lost their home in a fire, uh, remember uh, David Harrison with cancer, uh, Michael Knight needs our prayers, uh, and again, these are just a few from Sunday, you may have some that you'd like to add tonight, you can do so at this time. Oh, uh, wonderful man of God. He, Amen. Uh, we went to church with him at fellowship for a while, and uh, so sad to see him after he had his stroke. But uh, he doesn't have any pain or anything anymore. He's he's walking with Jesus. So mm. remember his wife and daughter. Just remember that whole family. Amen. Remember the Ron Conley family. I believe he was also a, a professor at Tusculum. I believe. Taught math. Hey, amen. Algebra. I'm glad I never had that praise. Oh, Lord. I heard he was a hard teacher. He was. I would not have survived. Amen. Remember the Ron Conley family. Somebody else tonight. Reagan Brown, what did you say she's battling? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. That's terrible. Remember Reagan Brown. 
in prayer. It's good to have Michael back with us. Michael's been sick. Uh, good to have him back. Others. Remember Kicks Cutchall, remember Lyle as he's having some back trouble. And remember Miss Laney. Uh, amen. As she's been sick, I believe, but uh, continue to remember her in prayer. Laney Thompson. Others tonight. Amen. Miss Mary has an unspoken request. Others tonight have special needs. I'm thankful the Lord knows. Amen. So she's had a, a uh, relapse. And then remember Crystal Dewey, she's done so well. Um, but uh, we need to pray for her tonight. Other request. Shannon Holt as his wife has cancer and he just lost a cousin Amen Kelly Neyland Clark requested prayer Other request? Yes, sir. Amen. That's right. Amen. Remember, our nation more divided than it's ever been. And, um, but you know, I think part of it, and again, we could talk about this all day long, but, um, uh, amen. I do, I am thankful that there are a few people up there that aren't, aren't willing to compromise just for the sake of it. Amen. Uh, but, uh, we just need to pray for our leadership, the leadership of our nation. Anybody else tonight? Yeah. Amen. Tabby Coffee. This is, uh, if y'all remember, Billy Ray Courtney. Uh, some of the tip meetings developed a friendship with him. His daughter uh, has been battling cancer for some time, and it's uh, progressively getting worse and worse. So remember her in prayer. Precious lady. Her and her husband got saved. Uh, during the meeting, and amen. I can only imagine that and then going through this valley. So remember them in prayer. Anyone else tonight? Let's pray for each other. Amen. I pray for our church. Pray for other churches of like faith. Uh, amen. We are in a fight. We're in a war. Uh, we're in the last days. We could go on and on about that, but we need we need prayer, we need discernment, 
Uh, and I pray that the Lord will just uh, do a work. I appreciate what God did. Um, last year, this past year, has been a tough year, but it's been a good year. Uh, amen. Appreciate people that's been saved this past year. And I pray that we'd see more saved in 2023. I was uh, doing some uh, figuring at the ark, trying to get some uh, end of the year figures together. And God blessed our ministry and uh, enlarged our coast, did more for us in 2022 than he did in 2021. I ask you to pray for myself and other leadership there at that ministry. Uh, amen. As we're currently or constantly coming across people in need, and it's a great, uh, a great uh, opportunity to be a witness and to share the uh, message of the gospel. Amen. Uh, all right. Anything else tonight? We'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests before the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. It's good to have Michael back with us. Brother, will you lead us in prayer? Father, we do love you tonight. Lord, we thank you, God, for this privilege we have to come into your house and worship you. And, uh, Father, Lord, I thank you, dear God, Lord, just for, uh, uh, Lord, every good, perfect gift that comes from above. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful that we do serve a God that uh, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of a turning God in an un or in a changing world. I'm thankful we serve an unchanging God. Lord, help us, Father, Lord, uh, uh, to be willing to weather the storm. I uh, trust you to preserve our faith. Uh, and, Lord, uh, not allow ourselves to be discouraged or to be deterred. Uh, Lord, by the confusion and the deception that exists, Lord, help us to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints. And, God, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give us, Lord, a, a harvest uh, Lord, I pray that you'd add to our church daily such as should be saved, God, in 2023. Uh, God, I pray we'd be able to look back over it at the end of the year and say, look what the Lord's done. Uh, Lord, we need you tonight, God. Uh, uh, Father, there's no uh, denying the fact that we're living in perilous times. Lord, it'd be easy for us to quit, to get discouraged, to be depressed. Uh, Lord, to get frustrated, Lord, but we can't do that. We've got to press on, to keep on keeping on uh, for Thee, Lord. And, and Lord, keep our eyes on Jesus, God. And, uh, Father, forgive us for our sins and our failures, Lord. We've fallen short of Your will uh, and Your glory already this week. And God, I pray, Lord, You just help us, Father. Uh, God, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, just... Uh, to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. Lord, I pray for this service tonight, God. Lord, move in our midst, work in our hearts, speak to us through your word. Uh, Lord, I pray for our church, pray for other churches of like faith, pray for our nation. Lord, all the things that are going on, uh, uh, Lord, uh, whether it be national, state, or local level, Lord, I pray. Lord, you'd uh, put uh, some men and women, Father, Lord, in a place where they might be willing to stand in the gap, Father, take up the hedge, God, uh, Lord, for the cause of Christ. Lord, I pray, God, for these requests. 
Lord, I pray for that. Lord, I pray for reconciliation ministries. Lord, I pray for the Gridleys, Lord. Pray for, uh, uh, Lord, the prices. Pray for Otis. Pray, Lord, uh, uh, Father, for LV. I pray for Sam and Barbie. I pray for Uncle Kenny. Lord, I pray for Miss Linda, her upcoming procedure. Lord, I pray for Becky. I pray for uh, Lord Kicks. Lord, bless him. Uh, Father, I pray, God, for Bill Carter. Lord, I pray for uh, Eddie Bailey. I pray for Randy Brown, Edith Elroth. Lord, I pray for uh, Don Patch. I pray for the Shaws, God. I pray for uh, David Harrison. pray for Michael Knight. pray for the Ron Conley family tonight. I pray, God, for Reagan Brown. Uh, Lord, I pray for Brother Lyle. Bless him. I pray for little Laney. God, I pray for Mary's unspoken request. I pray, Lord, for Crystal Louise. Lord, I pray for Shannon Holt. And Lord, bless his, uh, Lord, uh, his wife and that has cancer. I pray for Kelly and whatever her request is. Pray for Tabby, Lord. Bless her situation with cancer. Lord, uh, bless us tonight in our worship, God. And, and Lord, help us to offer up... Uh, uh, Lord, uh, holy praise unto thy sight, Lord, that you've uh, grant us with the grace that we need to keep on keeping on for you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if we could have a couple of ushers come forward, we'll receive our uh, Wednesday night offering at this time. <laughs> Amen, Scott. You lead us in prayer, brother. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the hill called Mount Calvary, amen? Thankful for the old rugged cross, thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus Christ our Savior made so that we might have redemption, uh, amen, forgiveness of sin. I'm thankful that uh, He paid our price, uh, amen, and, and has provided us with an opportunity to obtain a, a eternal redemption, not by anything we can do for Him, but uh, through everything. He has done for us and on our behalf. Amen. I'm thankful for Jesus tonight, aren't you? Amen. Amen. Appreciate your presence this evening. You can be turning to Jeremiah 27, Jeremiah 27, as we did. Uh, take a break. Um, um,
during the Christmas time, gave a couple of weeks, but we're going to be back that day. You got something? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kenny had a birthday yesterday. Amen. Amen. 85, is that right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Praise the Lord. Amen. He had a birthday and. Uh, anybody else have birthdays this week? Well, let's sing happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Thank God for another year. I'll tell you what, the older you get, uh, the more you ought to appreciate the fact that God just gave you one more year. Uh, amen. All right, Jeremiah 27 tonight, and uh, again, uh, just continue to stress, we're going to move on through this book as long as the Lord would have us to be here. No doubt in my mind that God is the one who ordained this study, and um, I believe it's been... Uh, very appropriate for the day that we're living in, and uh, I certainly believe tonight's message will be as well. You pray for me. Jeremiah chapter number 27, we're just going to read the first 10 verses of the text tonight. We'll be fortunate if we make it that far alone. But uh, verse number 1, Jeremiah chapter number 27, if you found your place, say amen. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, King of Judah, came the word unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord to me, Make thee bonds and yokes, and put them upon thy neck, and send them to the king of Edom, and to the king of Moab, and to the king of the Ammonites, and to the king of Tyrus, and to the king of Sidon, by the hand of the messengers which come to Jerusalem, unto Zedekiah king of Judah. And command them to say unto their masters, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus shall ye say unto your masters, the, I have made the earth, the men, or the man and the beast that are upon the ground by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. And now have I given uh, all these uh, hands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and the beast of the field, have I given him also to serve him. And all nations shall serve him, and his son, and his own, and his son's sons, until the very time um, of his land come. And then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. And it shall come to pass that the nation and kingdom which will not serve the same Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and that will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation will I punish, saith the Lord, with the sword and with the famine and with the pestilence, until I have consumed them by his hand. Therefore hearken not ye to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you, 
to remove you from uh, your land, and that I should drive you out, and ye should perish. Let's keep on reading a little bit, just trying to mind the Lord tonight. That the nations, pray for me, I don't have my reading glasses. Uh, that the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, those will I let remain still in their own land, saith the Lord. And they shall uh, till it and dwell therein. I spake also to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will ye die, thou and thy people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence? And the Lord hath spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon. Therefore hearken not unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. For I have not sent them, saith the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I might drive you out, and that ye might perish, ye and the prophets that prophesy unto you. Also I spake to the priest and all this people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hearken not to the words of your prophets that prophesy unto you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. Hearken not unto them, serve the king of Babylon, and live. Wherefore should this city be laid waste? But if they be prophets, and if the word of the Lord be with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts, that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord, and in the house of the king of Judah, and at Jerusalem, go not to Babylon. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, concerning the pillars, and concerning the sea, and concerning the bases, and concerning the residue of the vessels that remain in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took not, when he carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yea, thus saith the Lord of hosts, that the God of Israel concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem, they shall be carried to Babylon, and there shall they be until the day that I visit them, saith the Lord. Then will I bring them up and restore them into this place. Before I pray, let me just kind of give you an idea of what's going on here, especially these last verses. Um, the Babylonian captivity had already began. And Nebuchadnezzar was uh, already in the process of pillaging not just the land of Judah, but also various nations that existed around God's people. And he had already come and taken uh, a remnant to Babylon out of Jerusalem. And he had also taken some of the, the precious vessels and treasures of Solomon's temple, which was just a great travesty, almost to the level of what happened when the Ark of the Covenant, uh, back in 1 Samuel, was carried off into Philistia. This was a very serious matter for the holy vessels of the temple to be carried uh, outside and fall into enemy's hands. 
But there were still some vessels that remained and there were false prophets who were prophesying saying that God was going to deliver those vessels and they were going to be brought back. Uh, amen. And that, that uh, in other words, there would be no captivity. But God's people would ultimately prevail over uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. But what uh, Jeremiah was telling the people, he said, well, don't pray that... that uh, don't, don't pray and ask God to bring the vessels back because that's not happening. He said what you need to do is pray that the remaining vessels that still exist in the temple, that those vessels and that, the, the furniture of Solomon's temple, that they're not carried away too because when it's all said and done, that was what was going to happen and the temple itself would be destroyed and, and there would be nothing left. Uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of, of um, a setting to what we're talking about here tonight. But with the Lord's help, I want to preach to you on this thought this evening. Are we willing to wear the yoke? Are we willing to wear the yoke? Father in heaven, I love you. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to gather in this place. And Lord, I pray that it wouldn't be a waste. Uh, Father, uh, Lord, certainly praise and worship unto thee is not a waste of our time. But God, we won't, don't want to leave here empty. We want to be filled, God, with your word. God, feed us. God, strengthen us, God. Lord, enlighten our minds. Lord, direct our steps, Lord. And Father, in these days of confusion and deception, Lord, help us to, to, to make sure that we uh, have a clear grasp and an understanding of what the Bible has to say regarding the ordained yokes that you have uh, sovereignly authorized us to carry and to bear. So, Lord, give me the strength tonight to preach these thoughts. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't fall on deaf ears, penetrate the hearts of your saints, and God, help us all to grow in our grace and knowledge, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, when it's all said and done, we will praise your name, honor your word, exalt your Son by way of the humble servant. In Jesus' name we pray all God's people said. Amen. Are we willing to wear the yoke? Here in chapter 27, we find a message Jeremiah is preaching, not just to the land of Judah, but also to the surrounding nations who were getting ready to experience the heaviness, the weight, and the yoke of the Babylonian captivity that was going to happen at the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Now at this point in time, uh, it's on, brother. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when that captivity would take place. Amen. Is that better? Can you hear me now? Test, test. Uh, praise the Lord. So, uh, again, God's people had had their chance. The door of opportunity had basically closed. And um, basically, uh, God, through the hand of Jeremiah was uh, encouraging and imploring for the people to just face the facts and accept uh, things as they were. The reality that the, of, of the matter was judgment was coming and they were getting ready to experience a time of bondage. Uh, and again, because of the severity that that bond, that burden, and that bondage, all of these these, these aspects of what it means to carry and to fall under a yoke. The bond, the burden, and the bondage uh, that was already, the, the wheels had already been set in motion. 
judgment was in the process of falling upon not only those that dwelt in Judah, but the surrounding nations as well. Captivity was in process. But yet there was a natural desire amongst the people to run, to escape and to exempt themselves from the results and the consequences of that invasion. So here, here in that, this chapter, and isn't it just a natural thing for us to want to escape and avoid the hardships of life? Amen? No doubt about it, uh, any of us who are here tonight, if we had our choice between a burden or a blessing, we'd choose the blessing. Amen? But I want to remind you tonight that the burdens of life are just as necessary as the, ble- as the blessings. Especially when it comes to our spiritual well-being as God's people. You will not... Hey, did you know this evening that you will grow more through a burden than you will a blessing? Uh, amen. You'll get closer to God through a trial uh, and a tragedy than you ever would through a triumph. Amen. Uh, amen. I'm thankful that, when, that, that, God, that the God we serve, He's not just God of the hills, but He's God of the valleys. Amen. He'll go with us. Amen. And He'll strengthen us. Amen. And He will, uh, amen, strengthen our faith as He proves Himself faithful in our lives over and over again. You know, so again, God's people had a choice. And I believe it's the same choice that you and I have to make in our lives uh, this day as we too are experiencing, amen, uh, certainly things that we've never experienced before. We've seen things uh, already occurring uh, not just globally, but nationally, uh, regionally, locally things, amen, that, that 20, 30 years ago, uh, probably none of us would have believed if somebody had told us about it. But it's, it's, it's here. You know, we cannot, uh, amen, we can't ignore it and avoid it. We've got to face the facts. And, and some of these things carry with them uh, uh, burdens, that we've never carried before. Inconveniences that we've never seen before. Hardships and adversities that are foreign uh, to the borders of our nation. And I'm afraid that before it's all said and done, it's going to get worse. Uh, Amen. Uh, So what are we going to do? Are we going to try to avoid these things? Are we going to try to exempt ourselves from them? Or are we going to willfully carry the yoke, bear the burden, amen, and trust God to fulfill His sovereign will, purpose, and plan for our lives in spite of the hardships that we face? Would you not agree with me tonight when I say that life's harder now than it's ever been? And I know that the statistics would say that most Americans for the first time in a long time, believe that their children are going to have a harder life uh, uh, when they become adults than the parents had. I'm afraid that America's best days are over. Can I get a witness? But God's still faithful. He's still in control and He's able to take it all and work it together for good. He's still on His throne. He's still... Uh, amen. He's still pulling the strings and calling the shots and pushing the buttons and we can still trust His providential plan for His people. So what Jeremiah is doing here, he is exhorting the people of God 
not to try to avoid, escape, or to exempt themselves from the yoke, but instead to accept it, to wear it, and embrace it as it represented the sovereign and divine plan of God on behalf of His people. Friend, if it is of God, uh, I don't need to try to avoid it. Amen. If, amen. And I believe uh, as a Christian, nothing happens in my life that God does not allow or permit. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. The devil cannot touch me unless God gives him permission to do so. Uh, you know, something happens in my life. It doesn't necessarily mean that it is God's perfect will, but it certainly has to be His permissive will. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, amen, God has a hedge around my life and nothing will not happen to me that He does not authorize and permit to occur. So again, are we willing to wear the yoke tonight? Now, uh, I want to just share to you the fact that in, the, that in Bible days, a yoke was a heavy wooden harness. Now, it didn't have to be made of, of wood. See, we'll see in chapter 28. Amen. Hey, sometimes if we don't accept the wood, God will turn it into uh, iron. Amen. It could be worse than what it is right now. And if we rebel against the wooden yoke, the Lord's liable to... Amen. Hey, listen, you're, you're, you're a fool to try to resist God. Amen. Uh, amen. What, you know, you're wasting your time to butt heads with God. I promise you, God is a whole lot more stubborn than you are. And when He ordains and says that it is what's best for Nick Bailey or what's best for the people of, of America, many times because of our stubbornness, because of our disobedience, well, what am I going to do? Amen. If, they, uh, amen. if they can't handle the freedom, the luxuries, the blessings that I bestowed upon us, let's see how they handle the bondage. Amen. And, and I'm afraid what's happened to us is for so long we have developed this, this attitude of t entitlement thinking that we deserve freedom, liberty, amen, and luxury, amen, and we have wasted, we have mismanaged the things that God's given to us, and because God can no longer trust His people with luxury, amen, in order to bring us back to Him and, and get us closer to Him, and get us to the place to where once again we have no other choice but to depend upon Him. Amen. He replaces luxury with bondage. Amen. Uh, hey, listen, you know that, that we spent, a, and I'm getting way ahead of myself tonight. I know I'm not going to get very far, but, but we're going somewhere and we're going to be here for a couple of weeks. Thank God. Lord, I love God's Word. Don't you? Uh, amen. Just as applicable and practical today as it ever has been. Uh, amen. You know, we spend a whole lot of time focusing on Christian liberty. Do we not? In, in other words, do I have the right to do this? Or do I have the right to do that? Well, biblically speaking, you, uh, you have the right to do anything you want to do. Amen? Uh, I, I'm, I'm just saying... Biblically speaking, but just because 
uh, it is legal. And just because you have the liberty to do it does not mean that it is edifying to your life or to other people. Instead of talking about Christian liberty, why don't we start talking about Christian service and submission and surrender? God didn't save you just so you can do whatever you want to do and enjoy the rights of sonship. No, amen. You have the right now to, and the privilege and the great honor of your life to present yourself as a servant and a slave to Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a yoke that comes. There is a natural yoke that comes with being saved. See, the prodigal wanted to live out from under the yoke. Amen. He could not handle life without a yoke. Neither can you. Amen. What if God just, amen, God, uh, amen, unhitched me from the yoke of Jesus. Amen. And just allowed me to run wild like a wild horse. I'd I'd end up uh, wallowing around in the mulk and the mire of the pig pen. I'd waste my inheritance. Friend, there is a yoke that is associated with being a child of God. I'm just glad, amen, that when I got saved, I switched yokes. I was hitched up to Satan. I was a slave of Satan, amen, doing the things and under the control of the prince and the power of this world. But hey, when I got saved, the Lord unhitched me from Satan's yoke. But he put another yoke on my life. And that is a, lo- a yoke of being a servant of God. I'm just saying we spend way too much time uh, emphasizing liberty. Amen. I'm thankful that Jesus was willing to forfeit the privileges of deity and liberty and willingly submit himself as a servant. Amen. Praise God. You ought to help me preach tonight. Amen. The yoke... I, by the way, I'm glad that, that, that the Lord's yoke's a better yoke than the devil's yoke. I, I'm not sorry. I've never been sorry since I switched yokes. Hallelujah. Amen. Being yoked up with Jesus is a whole lot better than being yoked up with the devil. Amen. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. See, that's part of... You wouldn't learn of Christ unless you are yoked up with Him. Unless you are tied to Him. Unless you are harnessed to Jesus. Amen. Because I am harnessed and yoked up with Christ, that is through that my connection. Amen. And and, and listen, only God can break that yoke and I got news for you, He ain't going to break it. Hallelujah. But that's how I learn. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, it's good preaching tonight. You ought to help me. Hallelujah. Are, are we going to embrace the yoke? Man, you know, this thing's. There was a day where we might have been able to get it done without the yoke. But the truth is, where we're at today, if we're going to make a difference for the cause of Christ, somebody's going to have to be willing to wear the yoke. Somebody's going to have to be willing to bear the burden. Somebody's going to have to be willing to suffer the natural affliction 
that goes along with being identified as a follower of Jesus. See, for so long, as Christians, we could, we could thrive and survive, amen, without experiencing some of the consequences of wearing the yoke of Christ. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you'll suffer for wearing the yoke. Amen. But, but listen, if we're going to make a difference in this day, we're going to have to be willing to submit ourselves under the, he- the, the weight and the heaviness and the burden that comes along. We're being yoked up to Jesus. Are we willing? Are we going to try to withstand it? Are we going to try to resist it? I mean, when God afflicts your life, you, want, you know the natural tendency is to resist the yoke. When God experiences or exposes your life to the fire, amen, you want to resist the fire. But sometimes the fire's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Amen. Oh my goodness, I wish y'all was getting anything out of this. Amen? How do we respond to the spiritual yokes of life? Amen. Especially those that naturally occur because of our Christian association. First of all, there's an inspiration. Again, I'm not going to get very far. In the beginning of the reigns of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, came this word unto Jeremiah... The Lord saying, this, this, this message was God-breathed. It was coming directly out of the mouth of God. When it comes to how we are supposed to handle the yoke or any other subject or topic, we've got to make sure our orders are coming from God and not from men. There are different kinds of ideas and philosophies and counsels regarding how we are supposed to handle life's yokes. The word of man, the words of men are not equivalent to the words of God. What God says always trumps what man says. Amen. I can say anything and claim that as being a word from God, but if it is contrary to what the Bible says, it's fake, it's false, and it's simply not true. You know what the world's telling you? Uh, Avoid the yoke, remove the yoke. In other words, if you're under the yoke, you must not be living and under God's perfect will. That ain't according to the book, brother. Amen? Uh, amen. Uh, the, the, the popularity and the prosperity gospel crowd would tell you, amen, that if you're under the yoke, uh, you must not have enough faith. Amen? And, and, and amen, if you'll just... Believe God if you'll just have enough faith. If you'll just... uh, No, I ain't going there yet. Uh, Praise God. I I will deliver you out from under the yoke. You better be careful because to be delivered from the yoke may cause you to forfeit a blessing that comes from wearing the yoke. Man. Friend, there are two philosophies. The philosophy of the world, the philosophy of God. And we must not allow our preaching and our ministry to be influenced by uh, the, the false doctrines of this world. Amen. Instruction, verse number 2, Thus saith the Lord to me, make thee bonds and yokes, and put them on thy neck. See, this yoke was sovereignly ordained by God. 
It was according to His purpose and His plan for His people. And it was the will of God for His people at that point in time to, to, wear, the yoke, to wear the yoke. Many times, not always, but all too often, Dad's under conviction, hallelujah, he come to the altar. Many times the yokes of life are according to the divine will of plan and purpose for His people. Now, not always. Can I just say to you tonight that if I am carrying a yoke tonight, I want to make sure it's a necessary yoke and not an unnecessary one. The necessary yokes of life, the necessary burdens, the necessary God-ordained trials are hard enough to bear without me adding to it. Amen? Anybody know what it is tonight to carry an unnecessary yoke? To wear an un- Amen? To carry an unnecessary burden? Amen? God's saying lay it down, but you just keep picking, picking it back up? Amen? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. I'm telling you, it is so easy for you to wear a yoke Amen. To to have a connection, to bear a burden. Amen. To be in a state of bondage that is not ordained of God. So we've got to, you know, if we're wearing a yoke tonight, let me just ask you, how many of you are wearing a yoke? Amen. My hand's raised. I'm wearing a yoke. See, what I've got to ask myself, is this a necessary yoke from God? Or this, is this an unnecessary yoke that I'm brought upon myself. Amen? Praise God. But there are such a thing as necessary yokes that are sent from and ordained by God. You say, preacher, what kind? There's three of them. I'm talking about a yoke of connection, an association, a bond. I'm connected to Jesus. Amen? I'm hooked up with Christ. Well, there's a yoke. It's not all tiptoeing through the tulips, brother. Your life may be easier, amen, if you're not yoked up with Jesus, but your life is better and always will be better as long as you. Do you know we were designed not to operate independently from God? I mean, a lot of times we focus on our liberty, our freedom, our independence. Friend, you were not created to live independent from God. Amen. It is necessary if you are going to succeed, thrive, and prosper in your life, you've got to make sure that you're yoked and connected. Amen. To Christ. Amen. That's step number one. Yoke number one. It's a yoke of connection and association. But not only that, a yoke of affliction, a yoke of burden. And then finally, a yoke of incarceration and bondage. Amen? Uh, Again, a bond or a connection. An affliction, a burden. An incarceration or a bondage. These are the three types of yokes that sometimes it's sovereignly ordained according to the plan of God for His people to carry. Amen. If you are wearing a yoke of, uh, uh, of, of association, if you are wearing a yoke of affliction, if you are currently wearing a yoke of incarceration, that doesn't mean you're outside the will of God. All right, a yoke of connection. 
Let me give you some examples. This is as far as we're going to get tonight of these three different kinds of yokes. So a yoke of connection. You know, many times we're burdened simply because of who we represent. And just because of who we affiliate ourselves with. Can I say to you that it was an inconvenience, it was more than an inconvenience for Jesus to affiliate and identify Himself with you. Aren't you thankful that Jesus was willing to wear the yoke? For you. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross despising the shame. In other words, it was, it was joy for Jesus to wear that yoke not for Himself but and His well-being, but for yours. Amen? Amen. It, it, it cost Jesus uh, to suffer simply because He was willing to associate Himself with you. So why would we think anything different or expect anything less out of ourselves? Amen. Let me give you some scripture. You can write these down. John 15, verse number 18. If the world hate you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake. Isn't that good? Because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Jesus came and exposed darkness, and that's why they hate Him. He that hateth me hateth my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hateth both me and my Father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause." I mean, they did crucify Jesus in spite of the fact that Pilate said, I find no fault in Him. Jesus was declared innocent, but He was then crucified. Amen? If they hated Him without a cause, they'll hate you. Ye shall be hated for all me, of all men for my name's sake. John 10, 22. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. I'm talking about the yoke of connection and identification. Acts 5, 40, And to him they agreed, and whom they had called the apostles, beaten them and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame. For His name. 1 Peter 4, 12. I'm just giving you the Word of God tonight. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you 
as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of. On your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God Amen. on this behalf. To identify and associate ourselves with Jesus is not always a badge of honor, but sometimes it's a badge of dishonor. And not a, always a badge of blessing, but sometimes a badge of reproach. If you're saved, you're yoked up with Christ. We carry the badge of His name. It's not always popular! Many times it'll be unpopular, but it is very much a part of the yoke of our calling. Amen. Are you willing to embrace the yoke of association? The fact that you are so blessed and privileged to suffer for Jesus' name. Now the yoke of affliction. I'm just giving you these three, these three foundational principles to this chapter and then next week we'll get further into the text. There is a lot to be said through this chapter. 1 Peter 4.19, a yoke of affliction. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. In other words, sometimes it is according to the will of God for you to suffer. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 3, 3 and 4, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that you were appointed thereunto. For verily when we were with you, we told you therefore that we should suffer tribulation even as it come to pass, and you know. 2 Timothy 3, 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. In other words, the more godly you are, more likely the more you're going to suffer. How godly are you tonight? Philippians 3.10 Man, do you understand this was Paul's desire? And again, I, I, I'm not trying to rob, ride a hobby horse tonight, even though I really could. I mean, you know, Paul's goal and objective was not to be free from the yoke. And to, amen, to be loosed from the bonds and the chains of affliction. His goal was not always deliverance. Amen. Amen. But here's his goal. As a mature, seasoned veteran of the faith, Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him. How are you going to know Him? By being delivered from your trials? By taking the yoke off? Removing the chains and the bonds? Do you know a yoke is a form of accountability? Do you know a, a, a yoke is what tames a wild horse? <laughs> you need the yoke. You need the yoke of suffering in your life to remind you of your dependency upon God. A lot of times we ask God to deliver us from it. Get, remove it from me. Get me out of this. Friend, you better be careful because in reality... You may be asking God to remove your lifeline before your ship sinks. That's good preaching. Here was Paul's desire that I may know him. 
How was he going to know him? The, the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. You cannot fully know Christ as Christ would have you to know him unless you suffer for Christ the way Christ would have you to suffer for him. Being made conformable unto his death. What was Jesus? model example that he gave to us, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from. That's just natural. That's humanity. Is it not? Is that not humanity? There is nothing wrong with asking, with humbly asking the Lord to remove or to deliver you from the yoke. But yet... In order for it to be right for you to ask the Lord to remove the yoke, you've got to follow the second part. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, you know better than I do whether or not the yoke needs to be removed. What if Jesus would have been delivered from the yoke? Boy, that's a heavy question, isn't it? Where would you be tonight? Did you know that the yoke that you're wearing right now might not just be for yourself, but it very well may be for somebody else? Oh, Lord, deliver me from it. Get me out of it. Remove it. Be careful. You may not just be asking God to deliver you from your lifeline, but you may be asking God to remove somebody else's lifeline. Are you willing to bear a burden? Are you willing to wear a yoke? Are you willing to suffer, amen, to a certain extent, spiritual incarceration so that somebody else might be set free? Yoke of affliction. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 And lest I should be exalted above measure. A lot of times that's the reason for the yoke. Huh? Lord, why are you letting this happen? Maybe it's to keep you on ball. Do you know, I believe that's the first thing that happened to the prodigal when the father gave his inheritance. He walked out of daddy's house with his chest puffed up and said, Look at me, world. Here I come. Giving to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, probably a demon, hallelujah. to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And the Lord said, No, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect through your weakness. You know why God doesn't always remove the yoke? Because He gets more glory out of our burdens, out of our struggles, out of our valleys than He ever would just letting us go free and do what we wanted to do. So what was Paul's reaction? Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and necessities in reproaches and distresses for Christ's sake, for 
when I am weak, then am I strong. Sometimes your physical weakness, God is working it to produce spiritual strength in your life. 2 Corinthians 11, I know this has just been Bible time, but that's good, we need it. 2 Corinthians 11, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure. This is Paul describing the yokes that he carried in life. In prisons more frequent, in deaths often of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice, I sh- three times, I suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I have been in the deep. <laughs> in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often, and hunger and thirst and fasting often in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not. Hey, Paul got offended. Hallelujah. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmity. You telling me Paul was outside the will of God to suffer? How does the example of either Paul or Jesus' life mesh and cooperate with the prosperity and deliverance movement? It don't. The heaviness, the weight, and the yoke of affliction is part of the divinely ordained purpose, plan, and will of God for His people. We should not attempt to avoid it run for it or exclude ourselves from it, we must embrace it, accept it, and be content with it as being a part of God's plan for our lives to suffer for His name's sake. Why would God exclude us? When the greatest saints in all the world are the ones that suffered the most. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 Now that I speak, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed to both be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. How did He do it? I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Oh, to God that the Lord would train us. You know, that's what a, a yoke... That's a, a yoke is about discipline. Training you and disciplining you. Amen. I need discipline in my life. <laughs> Amen. I need some temperance. and I need some, some ability to self... Con- I, I can't control myself. I need a yoke to control me. Amen. God help, oh to God that the Lord would help us to learn to be content and satisfied with wearing the yoke. Anybody say, preacher, I need God's grace to help me to learn to be content with wearing the yoke of Christ. 
You know, we spend more energy trying to get out from under the yoke when we should be using our energy to let God use us and work His divine plan for us and under the yoke. Amen. Amen. You know, a lot of times we ask, Lord, how can I get out of this? No, it should be, what can I get out of this? And what are you trying to do in and through my life? Through the yoke that you are sovereignly. Do you know if, if, if God puts you in under the yoke, He does so because He knows you need it. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. That's the, that's the burden, the cross that comes with being Christian. Amen. Finally, a yoke of incarceration. Paul was in prison when he did some of his greatest work, which was to write the epistles. God allowed Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. God allowed the three Hebrew children to be thrown into the fiery furnace. He didn't deliver them out of it. He delivered them through it. All the way to the end. Paul and Silas were thrown into the Philippian jail. All because Paul said yes. He wanted to go to Asia. The Lord said no. You go to Macedonia. Why? Because God had a sovereignly, divinely ordained yoke for Paul to wear in the form of a Philippian jail because he knew that a jailer's family's salvation. Are you willing to, to wear the yoke for Jesus so that Somebody else might be saved? If the, son therefore, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Sometimes bondage, not freedom, is according to the Lord's will. Instead of focusing so much, so much on freedom and liberty, maybe we need to spend more time focusing on service and surrender. Christian liberty is not nearly as important as Christian service, submission, and surrender is. Time and time again through Paul's writings, he referred to himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. But we want to focus on our liberty. Well, that's as far as we're going to get tonight. I encourage you to read and study this chapter. Because if, as we go through it, man, this is just so practical, so helpful, so applicable. What we're going to see is the importance of not resisting the yoke. Man, and you, and you, you measure that and compare that up against Romans chapter 9. Shall the thing formed, saying to the form, the one that formed it, why have you made me this way? We're the creature. He is the Creator. We do not have the right to resist the yoke of His will. Amen? We'll see that next week. And then we're going to see those false prophets who came on the scene and were doing their best to convince the people of God, amen, that the will of God was deliverance out from under the yoke. You know what that does? That caters to the appetite of your flesh. 
Do you know that's what the hirelings of this day are doing? They're making a living off of people's flesh. You ought to be shouting from the rafters right now. You ought to be thankful. Whether you're Brother Josh, myself, amen, preachers, men of God that are not, amen, making merchandise off of you by catering to the lust of your own fleshly desires. Because that's what is happening all across our world today. And people are flocking to it by the droves because it makes their flesh feel good. You show me in the Bible where God's will has anything to do with making your flesh feel good. No. There's a fine line between the doctrines of God's Word and the philosophies and the vain imaginations of men. And we need to pray like never before that God gives us spiritual discernment to recognize what He is according to the doctrines of the Word of God that feed your spirit rather than that which satisfies the lust and the urges of your flesh. Candy and sweets taste a whole lot better than meat and potatoes. But one will make you grow and the other will kill you. Let's all stand tonight and we'll be dismissed. Father, I love you and I thank you, God, Lord, for your word. Father, I'm thankful when you saved me, you didn't just leave me where I was at. (laughs) But Lord, you put a harness on me. (laughs) Oh, you hitched me to the wagons of grace. Hallelujah. Oh God, I'm thankful. Lord, that you love me enough not to just let me run wild. But God, Lord, you put some rules and parameters and restrictions on my life. Lord, you've harnessed me with a yoke. God, make sure, Lord, help me to make sure that the yokes that I'm carrying are necessary ones and not unnecessary. Help me to lay aside the weights and the besetting sins that burden me and weigh me down. But, oh God, I pray that I'd learn to be content. Lord, that I would learn to embrace the yokes, the sovereignly, divinely appointed and the God-ordained yokes that so often come upon my life, knowing that it's through the yokes that I grow in grace. And it's through those yokes, Lord, that You use me, Lord, not only to help my own life, but to be a blessing to others. God, help me never to ask You to deliver me from what is what very very well may be my own lifeline or what may be somebody else's lifeline. All because of the yoke. Lord, I love you. I thank you and I bless your high and holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, you are dismissed.